Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, you really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080, The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. It is Mike and Rashad with you. We were hoping to be talking about another NBA playoff series. (sighs) We were hoping to be talking about, you know, an exciting, at this point, I guess, six-game series win, right? Instead... We had a massive game six collapse. We have had the firing of Terry Stotts. We have had rumors abound of who the next Blazers coach will be. We've had Damian Lillard posting cryptic Instagram messages. We've had Damian Lillard telling Chris Haynes who he wants as coach and taking a more, I guess, media facing pressure presence than we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. And a lot has changed in seven days. And, uh, you know, I think in a lot of ways, a lot of Blazer fans are happy with this because of the potential change coming, but uh, there's still so many questions to be asked and so many things to discuss, so it should be a fun show today. There's a lot to get to. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy that that's all been within the week. Yeah. You know, like well, really m- within a few days. Most of it's been within two days. Yeah, yeah. so like it, it's so nuts that I remember a couple weeks ago when we were like, Blazers should win this in six. Yeah. Should be, you know, like we were, we were game all pretty was confident. so easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were all pretty confident the after Nuggets game don't one. Have anything. Like, yeah, this is this is this is gonna be fine. And I'm I'm kind of in the in the majority of people that are, you know, happy about now mind you, you're never happy happy that somebody's losing their livelihood, but Terry Stotts is is resilient. He's not a terrible coach and he's gonna get a new a new job probably within the week. Yeah, you know? as, as mentioned in my my uh, update today, there's already multiple teams circling him. Yeah, I mean, whenever Terry Stotts, you look at his record, and you know there's a couple not so great seasons in there, but there are also a couple 500 win. Uh, you know, uh, he went 500 a few times. You know, in in that run as a as a Trailblazers coach, so there's going to be a lot of people that are looking at Terry Stotts. But you know, you think about 
you know, all the time that you've had, you know, with Stotts and him coming off of that that Dallas team that had just won a championship. So everybody was super, super excited. You remember that? Like, if he did that for Dirk, what's he going to do with LaMarcus, right? right? Like, that's going to be amazing what he's going to be able to do for LaMarcus. And, you know, and LaMarcus thrived. We got to be real. Like, it's, it's, it's important that we look at some of the good things that happened under Stotts. You know, like, the Blazers, you're close. We just couldn't close in the playoffs, you know, when it matters. It seems to be the Achilles heel of the Trailblazers. And so, but uh yeah, it was it was good to see that some changes change is gonna come. We will know? we will eulogize Terry Stotts on the show today. Yes indeed we will. Uh you know that we'll we will talk about the good, we will talk about the bad and the ugly, you know, and, and we'll we'll get to the bottom of it. But also we'll look ahead to what the Blazers should do next. And uh there's a lot look, we'll get to all of it on the show. 503-250-1080 is the text line feel free to text in while we're on today and uh, share your thoughts with us and we'll get to them in the breaks or get to them on the air when we have time and uh, feel free to follow us on social media as well. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at Taylor made five Oh three and uh, Joe, our producer who's out today is at Joe fish three F I S C H. Uh, I want to begin though quickly before we dive into the meat and potatoes of all this with it's amazing how much we have all changed because of COVID um, Rashad, you may not exactly have felt this because I know, uh, you've, you've been able to hang out with some people throughout COVID, but yesterday for me, at least was truly one of the first times, like I went to a party, my brain is mush and it's not because I drank too much. It's not because of any of that. It's because of the amount of social interaction I did in like a five hour period was so much more than I've done in almost the entirety of COVID it's with weird, people right? that I'm just like. I feel brain dead today. It is the strangest thing ever. It was so nice, right? It was so nice to go see people and not have to worry about anything. And you're, you know, eating the food that's out on the table. And it's just like, Hey, this is like 2019 again. This is great. Uh, and then I, I went to sleep last night. I got home and I, I must've, I must've passed out like super fast, right? Like we left the party at like 10 and you know, I, I drove my girlfriend and the kids back to their house. And then I went home. I, I passed out immediately trying to wake up this morning my brain was like no no you did so much effort yesterday what are you doing no i know it's 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 kind of i think when you have that first interaction of, of of people it's still a little for me it was a little weird it's like because uh, i mean while i have kicked it with you know with people i haven't done like the huge group anything and so uh doing that i know it's it's definitely at first it's a little kind of I was I was a little like skittish at first, kind of standoffish, like oh, yeah, this is this is kind of this is kind of weird. So it took me a little bit to be like, nah, you're you're good, it's okay, you're fully vaccinated. Here's my here's my. Call. I took a picture on my phone just to make sure everybody knows. No, here, yeah, it's I got to do that there, too because you know? uh, I've had my first experience this week of having a, a business check my vax card to come in without a mask, and I was like, because I I have it in my wallet, but. In case I ever lose it, I should just have a picture. Got to scroll past a bunch of nudes to get there. Wait, <laughs> hold on. No, not that one. Not that one. Here we go. Oh, oh, this is it. No, no. no wait, you no, should enjoy sorry. that picture, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoops, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It's uh, it's interesting. That, like, there's so many of these little moments. I have, I have a feeling we're probably all experiencing them around the same time. Uh, there's all these little moments of we're going back to normal, quote unquote. And, well, actually, frankly, we're kind of just going back to normal, right? Like, doesn't it feel like, feel like that? I think if you're vaccinated, you're you're. There's an arrogance that I walk around with now. That's just like, no, no, we're good. I, you know, I feel like a, a no masker almost. You know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna wear it. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things. And I walk I walk into like 
a store on it. I was like, oh, man, damn it. I forgot my mask. I'm so used to walking around without it now. Well, like, now I'm checking signs because, you know, the signs would always be up that say mask required. Yeah. I went into a 7-Eleven yesterday. There was no signs, and I was like, uh, what do I do? So I looked through the doors, the glass doors. Everyone was wearing masks. I was like, okay. So I, I just put it on. But I was kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm just checking signs now because I don't want to wear a mask if I don't need to. I think it just makes people feel better. Like, I mean – obviously like you know with the there's still some people who are very uncomfortable I yeah no i get it you know and there are even some people that have the vaccine are like yeah no i'm still gonna wear my mask you know i think just for the for the sake of not being hassled it still feels weird like, even when i walk down the street in broad daylight you know and there isn't a person around me for like 15 you know 115 yards maybe you know what i'm saying and still it's like do i hate to put this mask on like it, this is kind of weird and everything but it's there's still that awkward do i reach in my pocket and put it because now i feel like i'm being weird mm. i also feel like i'm insulting you so if we're walking past each other i'm like wait let me put my mask on real quick you'd be like oh so you think i have the vid huh and so that's sometimes <laughs> that's, that's not the case and so it's it's just a weird spot to be in now uh yeah it's just it's interesting because the amount of things that have happened where i've been like oh oh i can do this like i got my hair cut this week and that was a place that had mask optional so i, I went in and they asked to see my card and that was it and Getting my hair cut and talking to my uh, to my barber, who also was not wearing a mask, was fantastic. Because for over a year, it's just been masks, and you got to like when they're you know getting around the ears, you lift the mask up and like hold it to your face, but take the ear, the earpiece off. It's just all these little things are just slowly going away or quickly going away, I guess. Yeah. And it was just it's just it is so it is such a unique feeling because for me, I, I you know I'm a social person, but when when things were completely normal, sometimes like you don't really feel like going to a party with twelve or fifteen other people and being like social, right? Like you'll go, you want to be nice, you want to see people, and and but after like two hours, you're kind of like, yeah, you know, can we go soon? Like this is kind, I'm just not really into doing this right now. And yesterday, I could have stayed for as long as I possible. I was just like, this is great. The energy is fantastic. Yeah. There's people here, and everyone's happy. Yeah. And there's, there's music playing. There's yeah, there's like, music okay, playing. Is, and we're is, drinking beer. And it's a birthday. This and it feels like, weird. Hey. Like you feels like uh, you feel like Chris Paul in those State Farm commercials. Like he hears the music. Like oh, here we go. Yeah, something bad's about to happen. And that's kind of how it's been feeling. But it's gonna. I think it's gonna take a while for us to really get back to a, a state to where everybody can just kind of. <sighs> yeah. You know, and and and, and until we get there, it's it's gonna be. A little awkward for some people at first. I'm glad you kind of got that out. Because you know what I need today? I need to sit at home and do nothing because my brain is completely overwhelmed. <laughs> I need to go back into COVID world for a day because oh, it's, I was out of COVID world for a day and my brain is like, Ugh. Oh, it's definitely a rest It's, day. it's, it's definitely lazy Sunday yes. today. So after this, we'll I'm, look at it outside. I might it's go terrible. You know, order some, some breakfast and just go home and mm-hmm. knock out. Yeah, well, that's the plan. But hopefully you guys out there have been able to start kind of doing some normal things. It's uh, it's very, very nice. What are we going to do now, man? There's no there's no basketball. There's no more Blazers. Like, what are we? Uh, we've done this for many years now, Rashad. I think we'll be okay. Oh, it's baseball's coming, isn't it? Well, but we barely talk about baseball on this show. I know, but still. It's there's like, always, there's, there is there's nothing always, to watch. There is always stuff to talk about. There's nothing. And you're complaining. There's, a 10, is, there's if, a 10 a.m. NBA playoff game Tatis today. Tatis is playing every every day then i guess i have he is playing every day if he plays every single day then i guess i'll have something to watch yeah i mean as long as he's not hurt he's an everyday player yeah. so so yeah, watch the padres there you, go. there you go all right coming up next the blazers completely flame out of the playoffs in game six we'll begin there we'll do it we'll do a bit of a recap on the series in game six and then we'll get into terry stotts and what to look at next this is sports sunday with mike and rashad
on Tenny to the Fan. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fans. The Blazers season has come to an end. This song is amazing, though. Would you like to sing along to it? This is a great song. I'm an excellent Excellent karaoke, yeah. Uh, person, you're the songbird of our generation, man. Stop. I've been told, <laughs> I've been told once or twice. This, uh, this song reminds me of Oaks Park uh, okay. as a kid, and you know, so yeah, I don't know why. It's yeah, there's, uh, finest. there's a couple of songs that remind me of like the old roller rink I used to go to as a kid. Can you skate still? Still, I don't know. I mean, I, I could probably pick it back up somewhat quickly, but I haven't done it in. 15 years. We should go skating. I'm also a phenomenal skater. I'm pretty good at a lot of stuff. I, you know, I had a lot of time. <laughs> Including stroking your own ego. Apparently. I had a lot of time <laughs> on my hands as a kid. So, I mean, <laughs> I had nothing but time to just learn how to do stuff. No, I, uh, I loved rollerblading as a kid. Me too. Uh, it was, I think I went to the same roller rink for my birthday, like 10 years in a row. <laughs> I mean, I saying, well, maybe not, I think maybe two or three years, but it wasn't really until like, I want to say maybe like fifth grade through like eighth grade to where it been. I, I was literally every Friday and Saturday we were at uh, Oaks Park skating. We didn't really go to Skate World too much in Gresham because say roller rinks don't really roll- exist anymore, huh? Not not as much. There, I think there's only one here, and it's uh, Oaks Park. So, yeah, shout out to Oaks Park, man. I always had a lot of fun. I remember I, I I did it a lot, and then it was like my senior year of high school, or maybe one of my first or second years in college, and I went back to my hometown, and a bunch of of high school friends were like, hey, we're going to relive the old days, you know, old days like four years prior to that, and let's go to the roller rink. And I remember being like, oh, that sounds great. And it's amazing how much I forgot how to skate in five years. Like I put the rollerblades on and I was like, oh, God, how do I balance? I remember I fell and I hurt my ankle immediately because it was like your ankle is so locked into the rollerblade that it, it kind of like bent my leg weird. I was like, what am I? How did I forget how this in five that? years? Yeah, so I'm a, you know, I'm a Mighty Ducks kid. I grew up, you know, the, the Mighty Ducks was the first sports movie that I ever really like latched onto like that. But uh, it made me want to get rollerblades and want to. So I had to learn how to do that. And it's rough. It's like you're like a baby bird. 
<laughs> or a baby fawn when you first get rollerblades. Like your ankles do this thing to where your your knees are kind of pointed at each other because yep. you can't quite stand yet. But my uh, friend of mine had some, just kind of playing around in his garage. He's like, man, let me see if these work. They're my side. Let me see if these work. And like riding a bike, <laughs> pretty good. I don't, I don't know if I'd be that good. Let's go blading right man. away. Get, I'll get us some blades. We can right just right here. Let's go blading. Let's go blading, man. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Like three, four grown men down uh, riding down the street. Rashad, in perfect I, unison and rollerblades. I see what you're doing here. You're trying to to not talk about the Blazers' loss. I mean, it's depressing. Rollerblading is fun. <laughs> <laughs> the Blazers. I'm about to bring up the game six collapse, and you're like rollerblading. Let's go rollerblading. Let's, let's talk go. about rollerblading let's, for ten minutes. Let's do it today. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Blazers uh, collapsed in game six. We got we got to talk about it. Okay, sure, I went rollerblading. <laughs> All right. They were up 93-79, 14 point lead it was the biggest they had in the third quarter. It was pretty late in the third quarter they had that lead, and they wound up losing by, like, 900 points. The fourth quarter was embarrassing. They scored 14 points in the fourth. Nobody could hit a shot. Even Dame's hero ball didn't work in the game. They lose. Series over in six to the Denver Nuggets backcourt that had Campazzo and Austin Rivers and Monty Morris, who played very, very well. But uh, it's a pretty disappointing loss. It's a very disappointing loss. Despite being the sixth seed, I think everybody thought the Blazers had the better roster after Jamal Murray's injury, especially, and because Will Barton had been out, and because P.J. Dozier had been out. You were playing the MVP, and beyond that, you should have probably won that series. And you didn't. So it was really, really kind of a weird mix of emotions, at least for me. And I'm, I'm curious how Blazer fans felt after the game. And you can text it in. It was like, it was super frustrating you got to the end of game six and it, it almost felt inevitable. Once the nuggets tied the game, I think it was at like one Oh five. It almost felt inevitable that the Blazers were just going to completely let it dribble down their leg because of just how poorly they had been playing at that point in that game. And it was incredibly frustrating. There were so many moments where I remember watching that game, throwing my hands up. Like, what are you doing? Why is that the shot you're taking? It became very disjointed. It became very unblazer like, or maybe it was very blazer like depending how you look at it. And and then at the end, when the game ended, there was a little bit of a relief as well because I think part of me really wants to see big changes this year because we have learned over the course of these last eight, nine years that despite this team being very good in the regular season, despite them being fun to watch most of the time, this is what they are in the playoffs, Right. They made the great Western Conference Finals run in 2019, got absolutely obliterated by Golden State in that round, but it was a good run nonetheless. Beyond that, this team is very, very frequently a first-round exit. And Damian Lillard's not getting any younger. He's going to turn 32 this year. How many more years of elite Damian Lillard do you have left, right? Maybe you're lucky and he's like LeBron and you got five, six more years. Or maybe he's like a normal NBA player and you've got like two more years. How much time do you have left with the elite Dame? And you keep getting first-round exits. So the relief came in where I was like, you know, maybe this will finally trigger a big enough change that will push the Blazers to that next level. So that was kind of – it was a weird double feeling of, like, massive frustration and then also a little bit of, hey, maybe finally this will trigger something. No, not for me. No? It was only frustration. At that point, I think, you know, moving forward, there was some relief. Like, all right, well, like everything you mentioned, like now we're good. 
but n- not the other night. No, it was it was for Thursday night. It was frustration. It's like I, I couldn't believe these dudes would quit like that. I mean, uh, that's that's kind of just that's kind of how I felt. Like I mean, Damian Lillard, bless his heart, man. You know, and and Portland. I think the one thing we can agree on is that's that's a bad boy. Like that that guy is so good, and his team gave him nothing. Nothing. Like they, I felt like they didn't they didn't even really try. You know, when it ended, like they felt like the game was over. They they had the lead in in typical you know Blazer fashion, and you let it go. And Yusuf Nurkic should be ashamed of himself for the way he played in this series. I don't care. And like, yeah, I know we we had our own little private text thread going between you, myself, and and Joe. You know, certain things. And I was hard on Nurkic because three games where we really needed him, he fouled out and was nowhere to be seen. Yeah, I mean, yo, well, we don't have, we don't even have, we're not even in the game if he doesn't give us 15 points. Well, he wasn't in the game at the end of the game when we needed him to be a defensive stopper, to be able to get some of those assists that he's got. He wasn't able to do any of that stuff. Jokic Nurk made him mentally look, collapsed in this series. Jokic made him look small. And all of a sudden, we see why they traded him to, why they traded him to Portland. They did. They just quite frankly didn't need him. The the Blazers, for whatever reason, we get a bunch of backup centers here. That's if we're being honest. Look down the list. Look at all of our starting centers for the past like ten years. They're all backups. Rolo backup. Um. Uh. What's uh, uh Plumley backup. Nurkic backup. Cantor. Cantor. Backup. Yeah. None of those dudes are starting five centers. I don't agree about Nurkic, but um, Nurkic is not. A, he's not. He Nurkic is, isn't the top. I was looking at some numbers too. It's like Nurkic isn't even close to a top fifteen center in the league. Which Nurk- is sad. Nurkic is a starting center in my opinion, skill wise, uh, but mentally he's all over the place, and that's the thing that I think a lot of Blazer fans maybe kind of tried to be like, yeah, yeah, he's got a little bit of a, of a back and forth kind of going on. You know, sometimes he's not fully invested or whatever, but skill wise, you're like, yeah, man, when he's, when he's on, he's amazing. And this series, he got exposed this series. He did uh, mentally, he got exposed and it's frustrating. And I'm not, I'm not sure what he was, what happened to him. I want, I'm curious how much of it was stops, right? Like in that in game six, the big key moment for me was, Nurk had no fouls at halftime. Zero. And I made a snarky-ass tweet on Twitter like, well, remember in game five, he only had one at halftime, and then he fouled out in three seconds. It happened again. He had no fouls at halftime, and he got six in like a matter of, it felt like two minutes, right? Um, what 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 the turning point was, in my opinion, was when Nurk got the foul called on him on the three-point shot by Jokic that in the replay did not look like a foul or was very, very minimal. And he ran over to Stotts and says, yo, challenge that. And Stotts goes, I can't challenge that in the third quarter, man. He goes, did you touch him? Yeah, maybe. I can't challenge that. The second he didn't challenge it, Nurk was done. He was done. It was, it, that was where I saw it. It was almost as if it was like, this is my last shot at trusting you, Terry Stotts, and you're going against me here. So F you, I'm not, I'm done trying. And then at the end of the game, he comes out with those super cryptic quotes. I have one of them here where uh, it's only 15 seconds. Nurk, do you want to be back next year? Like, Do you want to be back on this team next season? 
in right situation, yes. What is the right situation? We'll see. I don't know yet because this is not it. This is not it. Well, that that was before Stotts got fired. Okay, just let me finish the point before you you go into that. So he gets pissed about not getting the review call on that foul. He then commits two more idiotic fouls in the third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever it was. I'm forgetting now. And comes out after the game and says, in the right situation, yes, I'd like to be back. Remember, one thing I didn't know uh, that Jason Quick said on Friday, Nurk's contract is not guaranteed next year. Uh, The expectation is the Blazers will pick it up and he'll have one more year in his contract. But uh, it is not a guaranteed contract. So he, I think, is also very upset that he's not guaranteed his money. And he's like, I don't know if I'm going to be back. In the right situation where they pay me and something changes, I'm assuming he wanted Terry Stotts fired based on those quotes, to be honest with you. Um, well, hey, he got that, right? That happened. So, and I'm sure they'll pay him. He'll be back next year. Don't don't get that well, twisted. Well, he'll he'll be the starting center next year. I'm, I'm, I'm almost well, certain Well, guess what, it. Nurkic? Blazer fans want you fired. If you haven't paid attention to social media, Terry Stotts was one of the people they were blaming, and the second one was you. I mean, it's not. It's not. I mean, say what you want to about Terry Stotts. He didn't foul out three or four of six games. That was you. That was you that couldn't stay on the floor towards the end of the game to help your team win. That and wasn't his, anybody else. And his mentality when he fouled out was so weird. Yeah, like and like he didn't know. He was like, just like, oh well, that sucks. It's one of those things. He gets foul number four, and you're like, here they come. Five and six are right around the corner, and he gets in the game and back to back fouls. Like, what are you doing, CJ? Don't worry, we ain't forgot about you. Like you're coming too. But for right now, Nurkic. Like, don't be don't be weird with the media afterwards. I don't I don't know. Right situation. Well, the right situation is you being our second, maybe third best player being on the floor when it counts. And honestly, you let your team down. And that's just that's just what it is. Flat out. Sorry, Nurk. Like, I mean, it'd be great if you came back with as the Bosnian beast. Hopefully he steps into the, the, the phone booth and comes out as such. But. Until then, like, hey, man, that, that's that's on you. I did like his uh, two-faced jacket into game six, so that was pretty sick. Yeah. <laughs> the red and the gray, yeah. that was pretty cool looking. Uh, it's not just Nurk who let, let the team down, though. It's not. CJ did, too. CJ did, too. Yeah. CJ played probably the worst I've ever seen him play in his career in Portland, and we'll get to that next, and then we'll dive into the Stott stuff. Uh, but first, I have a sports interrupted. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Texter corrects me. Dame turns 31 this year, not 32. I always, I'm always one year off on that age. I don't know why. Oh, okay, but still, 
He's over 30, so the point still stands, although a little bit younger than I thought. This is Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you. 503-250-1080 is the text line. We are recapping, reacting, ending the Blazers season before we get into the Terry Stotts news. Also got this that just broke. Uh, Jason Kidd has withdrawn his name from the Portland opening. So Blazer fans rejoice. He's not going to be the Blazers head coach. I I don't know if rejoice is the right word for that. Oh, it's rejoice. I don't think so. Like, number one, you're okay. Uh, We'll we'll get to it. But uh, Jason Kidd has a lot of off-the-court issues that Blazer fans did not want being brought into the franchise. Also, did not have a lot of success in his last two stops. But we'll get to that in a a, a bit. Um, CJ McCollum was was the one who, in my opinion, way worse than Nurkic, did not show up for the Blazers in this series. And... It was one of the more frustrating things to watch, especially after in 2019, the Western Conference Finals run. CJ was the reason you won game seven against the Nuggets. He came out and single-handedly won that game for you because Dame wasn't getting the shot to fall. In the last few games of this, actually, frankly, I'll say this. His stats don't will not, will not uh, share this full story. Because at the end of some of these games, his stats looked fine. They looked CJ-esque. Watching those games, CJ stopped the ball so many times and took so many bad shots and took so many contested shots. And it, it, it just killed the flow of the game. The second the second unit came in and CJ was leading the point, the second the, is the second the passing stopped. The second the passing stopped, is the second the offense stopped flowing and stopped working. CJ would dribble around six guys. I know there's only five out there and do a little, all of his moves and try to put up a contested shot without passing the ball once, like 60% of the time down the floor, 20% of the time down the floor, he would pass it to Mello. Is Mello passing? Never. So Mello is doing isolation ball. And when both of them go cold, guess what happens? You don't score points when the bench unit's out there. And your bench gets outscored by the Nuggets bench, who's not that good. Monty Morris comes in and scores like 30 points a game because you can't guard him when he's in there because your bench doesn't play defense. And CJ got massively exposed on defense again in this series. Austin Rivers killed you. Multiple Austin Rivers, who didn't have a team until the end of the season. He was on two 10-day contracts. And who was guarding him? CJ. And who did he shred? CJ. It's it was exhausting to watch. And I tweeted this after the game. I said, if there are not major changes this offseason, consider the offseason a failure. Because we've we've seen this same story every single year. It's the same old, same old. Hey, the team looks pretty good. Hey, they made the playoffs. Hey, they played well in the regular season. They won 10 in a row at one point and looked great. And they lose in the first round. Almost almost to a T that happens. And in my mind, the changes would be Stott's gone. That's happened. Olshea gone. That's probably not going to happen. And CJ traded. And more, right? Whatever else they want to do. And we'll get we'll we'll see if they decide to trade CJ or if they can't even trade CJ. He has a very big contract. I just want to throw this out there now, Blazer fans. You're not getting what you think you deserve to get for CJ McCollum anymore. A couple of years ago, maybe. A couple of years ago, maybe he was involved in the Paul George talks that the, that broke down with the Pacers when Kevin Pritchard said, "Screw you, I'm not trading Paul George to you because I hate you." Uh, maybe that was uh, that was involved then. 
Now you're not going to get the same value for CJ. However, I think you still need to trade him because I think you need to change the way this team is shaped. You can't have your second best player be another undersized guard. We've given this, this experiment plenty of time. You know, I even thought that it could work for a while. You know, the, the, the two small guards at the top, I was like, you know, maybe it'll work, right? They're two good scorers. Dame's an amazing player. CJ's a borderline all-star. You know, I, you know, I was kind of sucked into that feeling. We've seen it. It's not going to work. That's it. It's not going to work. So CJ cannot be your second best player. So get rid of him. Find a way to get a second best player that's different position, a different position. Get a forward. Get get a big. You know, the Carl Anthony Towns rumors came out from Stephen A. Smith. Believe it or not, you know that is a name that was mentioned. I would love that. Right. I think that'd be a much more balanced team with Damon and Carl Anthony Towns as your as your two big stars. Have no idea on the realism of that at all. Just throwing it out there. Um, that to me, it's it, you got to make huge seismic shifts in this team this off season. And do not, Blazer fans, be sucked in because Olshay is not getting fired. Uh, I don't think he's going to be here for at least one more year. Do not get sucked into his BS because he is a master of making he, a master of polishing the turd, making what he did look good. And I have been victim of this. I think everyone at some point has been victim of this. Do not be sucked into what Neil Olshay says. Look at it yourself and say, is this good enough? Is this what the changes need to be made? And then go from there. Rant over. No, no, man. I was that was that was good. Good job. Uh and and really everything you said was kind of right on point. It's almost like a hater to love it moment where we both agree. Like I I don't really have a whole lot to offer that. I will say this. Here's a silver lining. Through this series, six games, CJ had 21 or 22 points in each of those six games. Right? Yep. Very, very CJ McCollum like. Yeah, you know? a, so looking at the stats, you're like, hey, he played fine, right? Yeah, he didn't play bad, you know, as far as scoring the ball. Because that's what CJ does. He takes a lot of shots, more than Dame in most cases, you know, but he gets his 21, 22 points. You know, he had a couple games where he had uh, one game where he had eight assists, another one he had seven. So he was trying to get, you know, get things kind of going. But the eight, the eight assist game was the game that Dame had 10 and the rest of the team kind of picked it up around him and they were able to have that that massive win. That was the, the, the 25-point win. Yeah, the yeah. game game four, I think that was. Great game for for them. Um, CJ doesn't doesn't offer you anything else, and I think that's the big thing. Like those seven and eight assists, those are rarities. That's not something he's going to give you on a night to night basis. And I think that's where, you know, he's a great scorer, but in this league, a lot of guys are great scorers that we didn't know. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, showed his ass during that during that playoff series, and now people are saying that oh man, this kid is a is a hell of a scorer. You know, so there's guys all throughout, littered all throughout the NBA that can score just like that. It's just a matter of them getting their opportunity. Norman Powell's come here and, you know, and had a couple quick games where he had 20-something, you know. And so we know that that can happen. If you're in the NBA, you can score. You can probably score 20. I think you just need more from CJ. And at this point, just CJ is not going to get it. You're going to need to trade CJ and Nurkic and maybe even another piece to be able to get the piece that you want. And if it's Carl Anthony Towns, please believe Minnesota is going to ask for more than just CJ. They're going to ask for more than just Nurkic. Carl Anthony Towns could be a guy that could change your franchise, you know, make you from uh, take you from a really good first-round playoff team 
to a Western Conference, you know, a, a perennial ref, Western Conference representative. You it's know, one of can, those. He can't do that for you. It, he's amazing. It's one of those that's tough because Stephen A. Smith just said it, and he was like, it's a guy that I know that's well-connected. Great. I don't know who that is. I don't know if I can trust Stephen A. Smith to be correct on this, but that's just one. It's it's that kind of a player. You need a forward or a big who is in a, a, a top-level player to pair with Dame. It's just that simple, right? It, if If the Clippers lose to the Mavs tonight, and Kawhi says, I'm done. Not that Kawhi's going to play in Portland, but that kind of player, maybe he will. That kind of player is who you need. Kawhi's just weird enough to where he would be okay coming here. Yeah, but you've also heard the weird stories about he's kind of a jerk. Like, he's actually I don't like, need to. I don't need to love him. Like, I don't need to. I mean, I need to win games. Like, I, I think it's important for Portland to get over that we need Portland guys. We need guys that fit the culture. Well, guess what? We've had those guys. Well, the culture is being a, blown up because Terry well, Stotts is gone. But now. even still, even <laughs> let's go back to Brandon Roy and all those guys. Like we've had those guys, and what did it really get the Blazers? Let's just be totally honest about that. Not a whole lot. But guess who doesn't care about you know character guys? They got stuff in their past. The 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 the, the Lakers don't, and they win. the The Nets look like they're about to win. Well, uh, and they have a collection of three stars who all have quote unquote all character have some issues. type of issues. Like, <laughs> what does that matter? Like, I get it. These are basketball players that are divas, not like football players. Basketball players are the they're the most seen. They're uh, to me they're they're top celebrity basketball players. Man, after that, you know, football players and then like all the entertainers, singers, some singers and, and you know rappers are up there. But basketball players are in incredible shape. They're all tall. You know, they're and. Unlike football or baseball where they're covered by a hat and they're basically wearing T-shirt and, and underwear out there. And now everybody's shorts are so small they may as well be underwear at this point. So everybody can – they're the most noticeable athlete that we'll see. Yes, they have egos. All of them do. The last guy on the bench is making a, a little over $2, 3000000 million. Yes, they all have egos. Who freaking cares? Get the guys that can play. Like, Jason Kidd has issues. He's that man, Jason Kidd is a better man. In his first five years as a coach, they were better than Terry Stotts' first few years as a coach. No, they weren't. Yeah, absolutely. Look it up. I look at did. Terry Stotts' first few years as the Atlanta, uh, as the oh, Atlanta coach. As the Atlanta yeah, coach. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You can look at Jason Kidd's first couple years as, as the coach of, what, was it Milwaukee? And, save and it, save like, it. I'm well, just saying. Brooklyn and Milwaukee, we'll save it. You are, you are going to be the only person in Portland who believes and this, that's by fine. the way. I'm just, I'm just bringing it. It's funny. Yeah, that's fine. Just save it because we're going to talk about it. Um, we're going to do Terry Stotts firing next. Then we'll get top of the 10 o'clock hour. We'll get to the Jason Kidd, Chauncey Billups, who to replace uh, discussion. But it's just one of those. Th I agree with you 100% actually. It's 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 uh, we and Blazer fans, we as the media in some ways and Blazer fans and, you know, the combination of both that exist have been very high on the culture, 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 right? Look at this culture. Dame's a great leader. He's the best leader in sports, which I think he is. But you're right. Is what has that done? It's made for some fun teams, right? It's made for buddy buddy guys in the in the locker room. It's made for no uh, drama, which I think after the Jailblazers era and after Lamarcus leaving was uh, nice for a long time, right? Because this Blazers franchise had been drama for so long that it was nice to not have to worry about drama ever because you were bringing in culture guys. You're bringing in guys that fit the culture and how important that was. And they're able to withstand losing streaks. And, ah, they're able to have disagreements and talk to each other and get over it. And I think there is value to that in some way, shape, or form. But Absolutely. But if you're keeping Damian Lillard, and you 
should, and he I think he's staying still for now, despite his cryptic Instagram post. Um, if you ha- you're going to have him there to to lead the team, he is a good leader. So even if you have maybe personalities that are a little bit more mixed, that I still think it would be fine. It wouldn't be so perfect. No, it wouldn't be the the best culture in the NBA. But it, you might be winning more. <laughs> you might have more of a. Could you imagine Jimmy Butler on this team? Right, like how perfect that would fit. And Jimmy Butler's an ass. And Jimmy Butler would not fit the culture that Portland has built over the last ten years. But that team would be so much better, and that team would not be paper soft in the playoffs because Jimmy Butler's on the team, right? And, and so, I, I think that's the thing. You you have to fill the team with at least you know a couple of those nut jobs. Like Draymond Green's a weirdo, you know. Draymond Green gets it done. Like, I mean, say what you will. Like, you need a guy that's willing to dive on the floor a la Dennis Rodman and and get that loose ball and get in somebody's face and tell them, no, screw you. I'll meet you outside in the parking lot. Like, you need a guy like that on your team. I hate Draymond Green, but I think he would be a perfect fit to change this Blazers mentality for sure. He's that type of guy that he changes the way you feel about yourself immediately. He's that friend that hypes you up. Bro, you better go do that. Man, you better go talk to her. Bro, you got he's that friend for you. And every team needs that guy on their team. Yep, absolutely. All right. Terry Stotts was the first to fall with this Blazers change. Hopefully, in my opinion, not the last to fall. But uh, we will eulogize Terry Stotts. What were the good times? What were the bad times? Mm. That is next. This is Sports Sunday mm. on The Fan. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. How do I Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 
How do we say goodbye? Mm. Terry stops. Nine years as head coach, by the way. That's unheard of in the NBA. <laughs> Only Greg Popovich had uh, a longer stint as head coach. Him and Spolster, I think. He and Spolster, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, it was time. It was time. It was. It's one of those things, and I think we all started to realize it as fans this year, is that Terry Stotts is a good head coach, right? Terry Stotts is an elite offensive mind. He can't coach defense. We know that. But he's a good head coach. There are a lot of worse head coaches in the NBA. A lot of worse head coaches in the NBA. But sometimes after a long time with one team and the same group of players for a large majority of that, the message will run thin. You will lose your ability to motivate. And it's time to change. And Terry Stotts is the first to fall on the sword for this Blazers collapse this year. Hopefully he's not the last, like I've been saying. But it was time for Terry Stotts to go. It was time for Terry Stotts to go find a different job and bring some new eyes, fresh eyes, new blood into the Blazers because change has to start at the top. And that is at least on the floor at the top. Number one is your head coach. So thanks for a fun nine years, Terry. It was fun. Lots of great offenses. You know, you developed Dame. You helped develop CJ. It was fun to watch. And it's time to go. It's time to get some fresh eyes in here. Hey, man, you know, Terry Stotts was, in my opinion, he over over the past, you know, 10 years, he's been a you know top five coach, you know, as, as far as his ability to get to the playoffs. They talk about the Blazers having the longest playoff streak and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with Terry Stotts, you know, uh, the job he was able to do for, for a while as coach. But at a point, you know, if you're going to be a top five guy, you've got to get a little further than – the first, the second round, you know, in the stint here, he's only been out of the second round three times. And you mentioned earlier, one of which was that, you know, Western Conference finals run that you were obliterated by the Golden State Warriors at that point. But I mean, in, in fairness, in fairness, most people are obliter- were obliterated by the Golden State Warriors at that point. So the Blazers shouldn't feel super bad about that because you're, you were talking about an all time great franchise, basically the Bulls of the late 2000, you know, late 2010s, you know, so that's pretty much what that Warriors team was. And you just ran into, although to be fair, if you're the eight seed, you're going to run into an amazing team. Yeah. I mean, and and those things are going to happen. You you played from the bottom a lot of times trying to uh, get into the playoffs, trying to stay in the playoffs. But in between there, man, there was a top four finish. You know, I remember that a couple top four uh, finishes, albeit I think one of them was because, you know, you had a tiebreaker and someone had a better record. It was weird, but you end up still getting it. Well, you had a top four finish and then got swept by the Pelicans in the first. Yeah, round. that wasn't that wasn't great. But I remember that energy. I remember that energy that I went to that, that first game. Oh, those first two games. And I remember that energy. And, you know, that can't be that's something that's not really replicated, you know, to, to feel as good as you did about your team. And Terry Stotts was kind of responsible for that, uh, especially coming off of the Brandon Roy. You know, we got Stotts right after um you know, Brandon Roy kind of had that amazing series against Dallas and, you know, went down and then was gone. And we were just really in a state of flux as Blazer fans. We didn't know what, which way we were going to go. We could draft Damian Lillard and it's just Dame and LaMarcus. You don't know where this team is going to go. And what do you know? They end up flourishing and he ended up becoming a, a good coach. And for all of his uh, deficiencies as not being able to coach defense and having terrible rotations at times, 
Uh, Stotts is an okay coach. Stotts is not a, a, a bad coach. He's just his his voice became stale with this team, and I think that uh, that happens a lot. And then I think really think Stotts came here to really be the 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 help Lamarcus needed. You know, I don't ever really think. I remember the Blazers got Terry Stotts based off of the way he was able to draw up plays when he worked for Rick Carlisle and being uh, an assistant for those Dallas Mavericks teams. Mm-hmm. So who was the star of those Dallas teams? Dirk. Who was becoming like the the key power forward in the league at that point? LMA. So it was just one of those things. It felt like uh, just a, a great fit for the two, and it was. Lamarcus had as a as a as a starter or as a star. Lamarcus's best seasons were under Terry Stotts. So really, that part worked. You were able to get a couple fifty win seasons in between there. So that was exactly what he was supposed to be. And then I think when Lamarcus left, like he was, you know. He had to coach a point guard, and I just don't think he knew all the way how to do that and how to get the most from Dame. Now, luckily, you got a guy in Dame that is a self, a motivated self-starter. Like, I don't need nobody to teach me how to do something. I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to do it myself. Like, luckily, most guys aren't like that. So Dame is somebody who's like, man, screw it. I'm coming here, and I'll do it on my own. You don't have to teach me. I'll learn. You know, and luckily, you have a guy like that that's able to keep you afloat, but I just think – um, he just needed more help. I don't know if it's better assistance, you know, whatever the case is, but he needed more help. He didn't get it. Olshay didn't really do a great job of giving him the best help. What do you, what do you work best with? Man, I need a power forward that can shoot and uh, dribble and drive. Okay, we'll go get you Norman Powell. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I oh. mean, I think this year he did give Terry Stotts uh, the defensive players that would hopefully help improve the defense. You get Robert Covington. You get Derek Jones Jr., Covington was great this year. I thought Covington was a fantastic trade, by the way. Um, he turned out to be a really solid player. Maybe not as uh, explosive offensively as you maybe would have hoped, but boy, is he great as a defender. And then you got Derek Jones Jr., who uh, Terry Stotts took out of the lineup. Uh, not 100% sure why. I, I'm I'm not sure we'll ever know why, because I think Terry Stotts and Derek Jones Jr. might not say anything about it. Because Derek Jones Jr. was playing good defense. Yeah. Offensively, he was a little inconsistent, but it it got towards the end of the year, and he was just like, yeah, you're not part of my plans anymore. So I don't know if something happened off the court, maybe. It's possible. What happened is they said Terry Stott's job is on the line. He said, well, I got to get people in here that can do at least two things kind of good. Right. And so he put them on the bench. Yeah, Yeah. and so I think when when your job is in, in jeopardy, you tend to, you know, try to straighten up, but then it's just it's a little too late. Sometimes, you know, you, you've the, the damage is done, and though we see you're trying to improve, the truth is it's just, you know, too little, too late, and that was just the case with Terry Stotts. Yeah, other fun notes, uh, when he wore the, the Ramsey suit, I think he did it a couple of times. That was really fun. Uh, I really, really appreciated the, the ode to Jack Ramsey. That was great. And um, his very awkward videos that he had to do for the Blazers in his backyard where he was like, hey, Blazer fans, I'm Terry Stotts. Yeah. Those Not very funny. good. Those are very funny. Uh, in terms of negatives, I mean, you mentioned some of them there. Uh, the the big one for me, it's it's not the defense is not the big one for me. The big one is the inability to make adjustments mid game in the playoffs. In between games, he did make adjustments, and sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. But he was trying. Mid game, he stuck with the same plan. It felt like almost the entire game. And when the other team adjusted, he just stayed the same, and that's when you lose leads. It was almost and we saw like that he, so many times. It was almost kind of like he felt like his game plan was better than the players that he's playing against. Like, man, we don't stick with the game plan, and we'll be fine. Right? Like, no, like help. Like we we're we we're in jeopardy. We need some help. Which nope. uh, I, I, dribble drive again. 
God, they played the Warriors so many times. Whichever year it was where they actually had a lead in all four of those games that they lost. It was that it was the uh Steph missed like the first like two get two or three games, right? Was it that one? And then came back and was was phenomenal. But Steve Kerr made adjustments in those games and the Warriors and the Warriors were the Warriors, right? And they came back and they, they would win in the, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And it's like in those games when Terry Stotts sees the adjustment happen, you got to counter, right? You got to counter punch, not in between games, in the game. And that was always his biggest weakness to me, bigger than the defense because, hey, they still made the playoffs every year even with that defense, and they were still competitive in a lot of series even with that defense. It was just those in-game adjustments that he could not make. And there was a report that came out, um, I think it was in the Chris Haynes report, about the Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups being who damn wanted. And – Apparently, against the Clippers, a player was mocking Dame. I'm going to assume it was Patrick Beverly because that would fit the bill, right? Uh, was mocking Dame because Terry Stotts didn't make adjustments. During the entire game, he was chirping at him that your coach is an idiot and he doesn't adjust to you getting trapped. And, hey, if the rest of the league knows that, that's a big problem. Absolutely. So hopefully the next coach, whoever it may be, is much better at that. Because I think with Dame, you're still going to make the playoffs no matter what. Um you just got to have a coach who can make those adjustments. And somebody said here, a texture that says, basically, you know, coaching doesn't matter. And Rob is the only person in, in media that agrees that coaching doesn't matter. Okay, well, tell that to the Warriors that had Mark Jackson in the exact same team. And then the next year would start one of the greatest dynasties of all time. They didn't add extra players. They didn't go out and get guys that were just would put them over the top. They got a brand new coach that would come in and change the way they do stuff. Sometimes it's just like that. Sometimes you remember uh, who was the coach of that Miami team before uh, Spolster took over it was Stan Van Gundy mm. was the coach of the team. Yeah, this isn't working. We're going to give you somebody else. What do you know, man? The Heat are still a viable team in the Eastern Conference. It's just one of those things. Coaching does matter. Sometimes if you have now, if you have LeBron and if you have KD, coaching's probably not as big of an issue. Yeah. But when you don't have those guys, yes, you're going to need somebody to call a timeout with five seconds on the clock and say, this is the play. Run it. And that's why Mark Jackson was fired, and that's why Steve Kerr was hired. Yep. Just uh, saying. Yeah, I mean, even even great teams can have good coaches help them. I mean, Greg Popovich is an amazing head coach. And I don't think the Spurs have anywhere near as close to the run that they have without Greg Popovich. No. I mean, they had some great players, of course, right? You've got Tim Duncan, you've got Tony Parker, and you've got Manny, and you got great players. They would have won, even without Greg Popovich. But they won multiple times because of Greg Popovich. Uh, to, to, the, to that texture's point, we got a break, too. I'm going way too long here. So that texture's point, um, the idea that Terry Stotts being fired will fix the Blazers, yeah, I agree. That is not correct. I also think Neil O'Shea needs to go. A lot of it was Stotts. A lot of it was team construction. You got to share the blame here. It's for both of them. That's why I was saying earlier in the show, major changes need to be made. Top down, GM, coach, second best player, third best player. I don't care. Get rid of all of them because you've seen this for so many freaking years in a row that it's not changing. You keep tweaking around the edges, Neil O'Shea. It's not changing. It's the same core team. It's the same coach. And it's the same you. It's the same GM. So you either, if, if Neil O'Shea is going to keep his job, he better start taking the big swings, whether or not he's tried or not in the past. We don't really know for sure. They say he tries to make these moves, but you know we had a texter say, how much does he really try to get players here? How much does he try to make these trades? I guess we'll never know for sure. 
we know, you know, we've heard that he tries to make them. So I'll believe the people who, who are closer to him than I am. But if you are going to stay for another year, you better go out and just do big, big things. The biggest thing he's done is trade Robert Covington for Robert Covington and trade two firsts. And like, that's a big move to trade a couple of first round picks, but also that's for Robert Covington. Like he turned out to be a good player, but oh my God, that's not that big of a move. <laughs> no. Like if you're going to be here, old Shea, you got to make that big change because it's not just Stotts' fault. Stotts had a role to play. The players had a role to play and you had a role to play. You didn't give him the best possible team that you could have if you if with the swings that you did. You gave him a decent team, but you could have done more. So that's that's kind of that's why I want the big full-fledged changes. New GM with new eyes, new head coach with new philosophies, and new players around Dan that can change the construction of a roster so that there's not two undersized guards at all effing times. There you go. There you go. Next hour. The coaching replacements. Potential names have been named. Jason Kidd is now out. We'll talk about that. And Julio Jones has been traded to the Tennessee Titans. Now they have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. <sighs> That's scary. That's next hour. This is Sports Sunday on the Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 